All right, Nico, can you say welcome to another episode of Healthy Births, Happy Babies? It's a happy episode. Um, happy babies. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Healthy Births, Happy Babies. I'm Dr. Jay Warren. I'm the prenatal and pediatric chiropractor here at the Capuana Center. And this podcast is all about helping you have a proactively healthy pregnancy so you can have a safe, gentle, natural birth. And that's going to allow you to bring your baby into the world that much more gently and healthily so you can start off your family experience more powerfully than if it's full of stress and trauma and other health concerns. So... If you are a fan of this show and you haven't yet subscribed, please do so. Wherever you listen to your podcast, go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss an upcoming episode. And also, if you haven't rated reviewed the podcast and you've enjoyed it and gotten value of it, that will really help me out because that will allow this podcast to reach more and more parents like yourself that might be missing out on this type of information and helping them along their parenting journey. So thank you in advance for that, and thank you if you already have rated and reviewed. And on today's episode, it's my pleasure to bring you Kate White. We're going to be talking about how to recover from a difficult birth. Uh, this is something that I know Kate is very well versed in. She has an expertise in working with these types of families in the postpartum period. I've gotten to know her actually through another role that she has besides her uh, role as a cranial psychotherapist working uh, with pregnant and postpartum families. She is the Director of Education at APA, which is the Association of Pre- and Perinatal Psychology and Health, the organization that I've been training with for the last couple of years. And she has been helping all of us students, but me specifically, along that way. But the reason why I have her on the podcast today is because in getting to know her, she has such a wealth of knowledge and expertise and so much advice to share with parents that have found themselves in the situation where the birth just did not go as planned. And not only did it not go as planned, because rarely does it ever go exactly as you plan it, but the way the birth went is holding some trauma, some stress, either with you or with your partner or with the baby or all of you. And if you find yourself having a difficulty um, moving forward because of what happened at the birth, this episode is going to be great for you because Kate has a lot of advice and a lot of insight to share with you so you can get the help that you need. So let's hear a short announcement and then we'll get right to that conversation. Hi, it's Dr. J, and I am so excited to announce to you that my new online program is now available. It's called Connecting with Baby During Pregnancy, and what it's going to do is going to teach you methods proven by the latest research in pre- and perinatal psychology and epigenetics that are going to allow you to have not only a calmer and more relaxed pregnancy and to have a gentler, more natural birth, but... On the other side of things, you're going to feel more confident as a mom and you're going to be able to soothe your baby that much easier because when you're able to bond with baby and connect right now during your pregnancy, it's only going to translate on the other side to just being that much more connected and be able to have them calm and soothe. It's a really important thing. So head on over to drj.warren.com slash CWB, that's connecting with baby, and you can learn all about it.
All right, so Kate White is a National Board Certified Massage Therapist and a registered biodynamic cranial sacral therapist who specializes in working with babies and their families. She has extensive training in working with families during the childbearing year, especially prenatal and perinatal health, trauma resolution, birth, breastfeeding, and bonding attachment. She's currently the Director of Education at APA, Director of the Center for Prenatal and Perinatal Programs, and owns a private bodywork practice in Charlottesville, Virginia. So now let's switch over to my conversation with Kate White. All right, Kate, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you, Jay. It's wonderful to be here with you. Yeah, and I'm glad to connect on on this podcast. We've um, known each other. I'm a student of APA, which we heard about in your bio, and you know, you're our fearless leader and educational director, and been guiding us <laughs> along the way. So I appreciate you, all the work you do there. But part of the reason why you're able to guide and direct us so well is because what we're going to be talking about today, um, well, not just pregnancy and babies, but you know, dealing with difficult birth is, you know, something you're very passionate about and very knowledgeable about. And that's why I wanted to bring you on so that you could share your wisdom with these moms and dads and uh, the babies listening too, to be able to just have a smoother transition. And so okay. as the listeners have already heard your bio here, but just tell us a little bit more about how you got interested specifically in working with not only uh, biodynamic craniosacral therapy, but, you know, working with babies and families rather than just kind of regular folk. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's a good story. I often will put it in some of my presentations because um, starting, it was in 1999 when I started and it was kind of a surprise. Hmm. Uh, so in 1999, I had uh, just completed my, my craniosacral training and I had had my first baby, who's now in college. Um, and I had a private practice, and I had a very long intake form. And one of the questions was, what was your birth like? So I had a woman come who was referred to me, uh, and she was referred for, you know, just for an overwhelming situation that her psycho psychologist wanted her to get some support from. And when she took my intake form, the... She said that, oh, I, I really think that this question of my birth, it, it's intriguing for me. I, I think I have my lifelong depression uh, is associated with my birth. Hmm. And, and I want to heal this and I want to heal it with you. And I said, okay. Um, I didn't really know much about birth. I didn't know you could remember your birth at that time. I, I knew that there were experiences that your body had when you were born because that's what they teach you in craniosacral school but uh, I was unprepared for what happened next which was um, a woman began to process her birth and this is her story was that she was a breech baby a big breech baby so this was a long time ago and I guess that woman would be almost 80 now um, so she was born in the 30s, I think. She was born in the 30s. And so she, her mother began to, to hemorrhage while she was in labor. And, and my client, the baby, turned herself around during labor and was born head first. Wow. And when she did that, she saved her life and her mother's life. So this woman began to process her birth. And I was just holding her in the craniosacral therapy. I I didn't know people could do this kind of thing. And 
she processed a lot about being a breech baby. And, and while I was holding her, I began to have panic attacks. Hmm. And I didn't know, you know, I didn't know much about my birth at all. But um, come to find out that I'm also a breech baby. And it, it, it's what turned out to be her process of the shock and the overwhelm of her birth was triggering in my body the same the feelings of being born which I had and that fascinated me and I I had no idea that this could happen and so that's how I got started Jay doing this and I I was it became just passionate and tenacious and curious and studied with everybody and I've read just about every book I could possibly read an article and until now, you know, I have a specialty helping women recover from difficult births, treating babies as you do, who've had, who have leftover issues related to in utero experiences or birth. And I run educational programs, both for practitioners and for people who want to become educators about the baby's experience. Hmm. So that's how I got here today. <laughs> right. And I mean, first of all, obviously, I totally appreciate that work that you were doing because I'm the direct be beneficiary of it and are the babies and women that I'm working with um, and I'm learning more every day. But when a woman, what's a typical experience of a woman coming to see you? Are they seeing you prenatally or is it typically after the fact and they find their way to you because they hear of the work that you can do with trauma resolution? Well, I think it's both now. Mm -hmm. uh, for, for a long time, um, I was just referred, people would refer moms to me who were usually they're pregnant for the second time and they've had a first overwhelming birth. Yes. Um, so for those of you in the listening audience, if you're pregnant or if you can recognize this pattern in yourself, I just want to say, you know, it's just make sure in the now that you recognize that you're okay and look around the room and, and just have a little talk with your baby that it's okay that, that I that you're feeling these feelings. So I just want to name that as I often, you know, Jay, as I tell stories about these experiences, people can can begin to have feelings about, oh, did I do that birthright or did, did, did I did I support that person okay? Or what about my birth? And so I just want to invite you, if you're listening, to be curious and just notice your body. Um, but so I do have, uh, for a long time, I, I just had women come to me who had a really overwhelming first birth. Often they are referred by their midwife or doctor, um, or friend, and I would help differentiate that that was then, this is now, and that would help them, uh, process and normalize a lot of what's difficult in birth. And we would begin a dialogue with the baby on the inside, which is, uh, this is, your story this is a whole different birth and then I the mom would also just say okay how is it different now and it was very often very different oh I conceived this baby in a different place um, I'm having the baby in a different ho hospital I have a different practitioner and I would just invite that mom to slow down and feel her body and just notice the differences that are showing up um, and sometimes I would have moms just notice, remember who they were before they had children and helped remind them of that part of themselves. 
because once you have a baby as a mom and a dad too, you can speak to this, Jay. And this, I mean, you cross a threshold when you have become a father or a mother, and and sometimes there's loss associated with that. And so, really helping integrate the experience that they've had and normalizing. I do a lot of saying, "Yeah, that was hard," and I have the information to help them understand the patterns of birth. Um, so, yeah, that's one. Now I'm getting people who realize that they have uh, trauma, and that's because we've gotten so much more knowledgeable about adverse childhood experiences and what trauma is and what trauma looks like. And now I'm getting calls for, okay, I'm pregnant. I want to work on this or I want to get pregnant and I want to work on this. Yeah. So they're even more proactive of like, they haven't even conceived yet. Yes. Yeah. I get some people who are aware, um, and they, they just want to, they want to really prepare. Right. Uh, So, you know, Ray Castellino, who's one of my instructors in understanding perinatal imprinting, uh, talks about how to truly prepare for conception. Couples should start two years previous. So two years. um, Wow. Two years. Yeah, that's his that's his recommendation. And uh, I know that they are there are couples that prepare and try, you know, like our conscious like I did with my second baby. I really you know, cleansed and my husband and I got real clear on this and um, my we're, we're caretaking our, bo- our bodies really well and really, really we're very conscious about conception, which is what we are asked um, of parents uh, who want to have children. That's the most optimal way for someone to come in is to be wanted and to be welcomed. And do you find those, um, the, the women that are either wanting to conceive and or like are pregnant and are doing this preparation for the birth, like what's, what's the main motivation they have? Is it for their own healing and clearing it? Is it for that baby? Is it for the birth? Oh, well, I think it's all of the above. I mean, a lot of times these days, which is, I mean, just in the last year or two, I've really seen a shift. Um, they they want to prepare. They get the sense that they can be better parents and they can uh, make the baby more comfortable on the inside. You know, that's my job. I, I take care of a lot of pregnant moms with massage and craniosacral therapy and, and prenatal bonding. And so they, they do want to have an optimal birth and, and they do want their baby to have the best experience. Uh, and then they want to be better parents. They, you know, it's a motivational time. It's a transformational time. Right. Many, many, many people are, they're motivated to do things during this time that they would never have thought of before or had the, the you know, the intrinsic motivation to do. But becoming a parent really, <laughs> uh, you know, really opens the way there. <laughs> right. I mean, you, your whole life changes, and mm-hmm. you know, every parent that I've worked with has always wanted to give their kiddo and their family life in general like every advantage they can. And every parent also doesn't necessarily know how to do that. You know, aside from like right. funding a college fund and you know those kind of things, it's more of parents are very much more conscious around upbringing, um, kind of influences, those kind of things. And now I believe with the information coming out of APA as well as other sources, like 
parents are understanding that it starts even before then, not just at birth and not with like the preschool you put your kid in or the foods you give them then. It's, and it's, it's allowing, you know, the kiddos coming in to be like that much more uh, ahead, if you will, not that it's necessarily on that hierarchy and the other kids are behind, but it's just giving them more, a a gentler entry into the world. And it's a wonderful gift. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, the impact of stress, uh, on the on the prenate i mean the documentation about that now is profound and so i think they are trying to incorporate more stress relief and stress reduction for parents prenatally as well as after in the first year of life um, we know so much now and the the first thousand days movement in in the uk here the adverse childhood experiences and and also just really understanding uh what overwhelm feels like, what it looks like, and, and how to help. Um, a lot of therapists now are, are doing are doing stuff more for parents, for pregnant parents, and for newborn families. Right. And with those parents that are coming to you after the birth, do they come, like, hopefully they're coming sooner rather than later, but are you seeing in the postpartum period, like even in the first couple of weeks or a couple of months, women coming in, or is it more typical that a woman's going to come in later? Oh, I'm seeing right away, you know, people knowing, people knowing that they they feel overwhelmed and their baby often is overwhelmed too. So that often it's, um, okay, we had a difficult birth and my baby's not able to settle, not able to sleep well, eat well. And so we get the whole story. So the mom, baby, and hopefully the dad and partner comes in. And we slow down the pace of, and we, like I say, I listen very well to the story and then I normalize it. And then I listen to the baby watching their nonverbals and then watching their crying, listening to their crying. I, I do a lot of talking with the baby and normalizing things for the baby too. So I, when, when parents come, I, before they come, I tell them, you know, I, I talk with your baby. I want you to know that. I have real, real conversations, and it's it, if you're not exposed to an adult talking to a baby like that, I just want you to know mm-hmm. I do. And uh, I use manual therapy. I'm a craniosacral massage therapist, and I do a variety of myofascial work also with babies to help them feel better in their body. And and it it it's a good combination of presence and naming and modeling all the things that I teach at APA, the Association for Prenatal Perinatal Psychology and Health, to our educators. But it's also a lot of skill in recognizing what needs to happen for these families um, and understanding birth as well. Right. And you described a lot of things that you do in that session there. I want to break it down a little bit and and, uh, slow it down. Like first part is you were talking about really listening to the story. Um, mm-hmm. that the parents are talking about about the birth and, and probably even the, the perinatal time as well. What what kinds of things do you listen for um, that you help a person through? And the reason why I ask that is like maybe either yourself listening to your own story might cue and understand, okay, I'm doing the same kind of things, or friends that might have people that are listening to their friends talk about their birth story might prick their ears and understand, okay, this is something that someone like yourself would be able to help them with what what kind of things do you listen for 
Okay, well, maybe it's, would it be okay if I told a story, Jay? Yes, yeah. About perfect. a birth? Because I do have permission from some of my clients to tell stories. I always make sure that I get their permission first. And this is a story I tell often. Um, it's called The Baby That, uh, that Didn't Sleep. Uh, so I had a mom call me up and say, my baby is four months old and she hasn't slept more than an hour and a half. Uh, since she was born. So I want you just to picture, you know, this a woman who's not been able to sleep because her baby hasn't been able to sleep. Mm. And for those of you out there listening, again, I want just to name that this is this is this woman's story and this baby's story, and they're doing great. I think this baby is now in kindergarten. Um, uh, but I think I like to tell the story because it illustrates a lot of what I do. Um, and how transformative it can be just listening and normalizing. So uh, so she came to see me. She was an older mom. Her story was that this is a very wanted baby. So right away you know there's a lot of resource in the baby. And the baby came in and she was just a joyful little one. But her arms were really wide open. Like she, a lot of babies will hold their arms close. This baby would hold her arms way out like a, you know, just straight out from her body, which I thought that was really interesting. Already that's a communication. And since then, I've seen babies that do that. A lot of them have a tongue tie. And Hmm. yeah, well, this baby had a tongue tie release. So her story was that she was born at 37 weeks and then she had tongue tie tie clipped. Um, And there was difficulty breastfeeding, settling, sleeping. But the mom's story was really significant so she she went into labor with a, one of our more difficult patterns, which is premature rupture of membranes. So as a woman, your water breaks. So now if you're a woman listening and you're pregnant, I just want you to know that this is one of the patterns. It might not be your pattern. So I really hopefully, I, when you if you're listening, this is just a pattern, and it happens. Um, I, I can find my statistic for you, but I, it's one of the more difficult ones. So what happens is there's a premature rupture. So 37 weeks, her bag of waters breaks, and we don't know why. This is part of the mystery. Um, and then there's no labor that starts. And then you wait and you wait and you wait for labor. And depending on what your policy is at hospital, they will want you come in and they'll then they'll get you started with some form of augmentation, whether it's a cytotech or Cervidil for the cervix or they'll put you on Pitocin, which is a way, it's a difficult, you know, what those of you who out there who've had Pitocin know that it can be a, quite intense. So, so for this woman, her her waters broke, and she went in. She she waited, and her husband happened to be out of town, and so she went into the hospital, and uh, she was assigned a medical doctor that she was very uncomfortable with, that didn't speak English very well, and this doctor also was very scared uh, because she was an older mom and labor hadn't started, and so after a while they started her on pitocin. And, and just want to slow down now, just feeling my own body while I'm telling you this story. Uh, and she 
labored for hours with Pitocin and no epidural, which for those of you out there who've had Pitocin know is hard and many people seek epidural naturally because it is very overwhelming. But she did not want any intervention at all. Um, and here she was in, in this situation and the doctor was getting increasingly agitated and began to tell her that if she didn't dilate, she was going to have a cesarean section. And while she's telling me this story, because remember, we're just four months postpartum, she's in my office, she would begin, she'd tell a little piece of the story and she would cry. So I found a way to sit next to her, really regulate my body, and I would put my hand behind her heart. This was how I was trained uh, to work with overwhelming births by Myrna Martin, who was one of my teachers. What you do as a practitioner is you slow down and you regulate your body. You really slow down on the inside. So she would cry and I would watch the baby. The baby was not crying or showing any signs of distress. So she would cry and I would hold her with my hands, you know, just a little. And she would tell, I would normalize, yes, Pitocin is hard. Yes, this is a very difficult pattern, premature rupture of membrane. Oh, that sounded scary. Oh, what happened next? I mean, really listening and normalizing. And that's to be listened to and have someone really get it is key. So she continued to say, okay, they started to threaten her, she felt, with cesarean section. So you can feel in her nervous system a lot of fear. And of course, she wasn't dilating, but she was had this pitocin in her system. So eventually, she took the epidural which was a way for her to not feel. And she dilated within two hours. And uh, and she went to push the baby. It was a long pushing phase. But the baby came out and um, when she was put right on her. And I think after that, uh, you know, they, they discovered the tongue tie. She had some jaundice. And, but eventually, you know, they found their way home. And, but the baby didn't settle and didn't sleep and at this point I was pretty worried about her because she hadn't slept for those of you who've had babies know that you know really a, a full night's sleep is five hours uh, five hours in a row would be really good for this mom so at this point I just said you know let's go for it let's really look for healing here and I did something with her called supported attachment which is something that I've learned from Mary Jackson, who was another teacher in the perinatal field. And the baby will tell her part of the story um, during this. So you put the baby on the mother's tummy as, as if she's just out of the birth canal and you support her feet and you invite her to crawl to the breast and, and nurse. And so while, when we put this baby on the breast, she really, she started right away talking and it, it wasn't crying it was almost scolding it was like a, 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 she was telling us the story with such um determination but a little bit of an edge you know and she began to crawl to breast but she wasn't using her arms so i said you know you can use your arms and hands and the baby started to use her arms and hands and crawl to breast and then she got to the breast and suckled and made eye contact with her mother and continued while nursing, just talking, just telling us about it. Hmm. 
na 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 and I would listen and affirm everything I did with the mother. Yeah, that was hard, but you did it. You made it. And here you are, you did it. And listening, affirming. And then both mother and baby fell asleep on my couch. What was mom doing during that time with the crawl? She, what was she, her she was She was lying. No, I mean, we were kind of all astounded Yeah. Uh, that this baby had so much to say. Right. And, and I listened. And, and I affirmed and normalized, yeah, wow, yeah, this has all been hard. This is a hard birth. This was a hard experience. And I did it with my words, and I did it with my body listening. And then um, when she got to breast and they both fell asleep, <clears throat> I put my hands on one on the mom, one on the baby, and I held them both in the craniosacral therapy. So what that looks like is my hands on, on the baby and on the mom behind her heart. And I would find the slower, deeper rhythm, which is part of biodynamic craniosacral therapy. We call it the long tide. And I held them there as long as they wanted to be asleep. And they woke up 15 minutes later and they got dressed and went home. And I, I did worry about this mom. and But she sent me an email the next day and said, I just wanted to thank you so much for all the things that you said and the way you listened to me. It, it, I realized afterwards just how upset I was um, about the birth. Um, when I got home, we, we nursed a little bit, and then the baby fell asleep and slept from uh, 6 p.m. till 3 p.m. Wow. Which, remember, this baby hadn't slept more than yeah. an hour and a half. Whereupon she woke and nursed and then went back to sleep until 6.30 in the morning. So, you know, she just said, look, I, I did not realize how upset I was. But somehow I want to ask you and your listeners, like, what do you think the mechanism was that helped this dyad settle and sleep? Well, the listeners will have their own take, but my take is like the space that was created was just acknowledging, uh, not just, but powerfully acknowledging like what had happened and allowed it to uh, like process through rather than it being something that was stifled and trying to, you know, be made right with like, yeah, that birth like, it wasn't great, but like, look, you've got a healthy kid and focus on the kid there. But right. that was for the mom. But then also you created a space for the baby to be able to share their experience. And that for some of the listeners, that might be kind of out there. But like with knowing what we know now around consciousness and newborns and even prenatally, and this is what I've learned through your work, um, Kate, with or and your association with APA, they have their own story to tell, too, and the frustration they can feel is because they're not able to express it or they are expressing it and they're not being heard. And I think that's exactly. really what you're what you're getting at. Yes, just being able to really get it that babies have an experience that they really want to tell you about it, and and it's an intense experience being born, uh, and becoming through the birth canal to the outside, and and uh, and so what we what we try and introduce in the course that you're taking, Jay, and in the work that I do is that we listening to babies allows their nervous system to settle because it's that feeling of feeling heard and seen and understood. And sometimes babies do need uh, 
body work and so do mothers and so do fathers. And I have stories that I tell about really honoring the, the father. Often they will have uh, experiences too and they're holding that. So for a dad, he will have watched his his woman give birth and if it's difficult, there may have been some suffering and some really overwhelming moments, which I do have other stories that I tell about supporting dads. So I will invite the dad in. I will um, support the mom and dad with my hands. I'll put my hand behind the father and I'll regulate my body and I'll listen. I'll slow down. I'll feel really settled and I'll invite them to share their peace and to be heard as well. Because if the if the family is not sharing the, how scared they felt and they're holding that, that that can impact the now, how people are feeling in the now. And I have practitioners who also tell me, you know, sometimes siblings, the siblings will feel scared that the mother's going going to die or not mm-hmm. going to come home or the baby or, I mean, really being with the whole family um, is what we're trained to do. Um, by Ray Castellino and Myrna and others, it's a it's a full and a full whole family intervention and and then modeling and teaching how to listen to babies, and of course I work with my hands. I, I help them understand. Right, and and I do too. Like as a body worker, where I'm doing, <clears throat> excuse me, chiropractic adjustments, there is that opportunity of you know one allowing the baby to express like, what do you want to show me? What do you want to tell me? And it's amazing. Like babies will show exactly like one how they're feeling, but then two mm-hmm. where they like me to work. So I allow mm-hmm. um, them to show me, which is beautiful. But I love what you just said about the dads too, and I want to. Um, just make sure that listeners, whether it's the mom, um, just making sure that dad is involved in this as well, because I'm going to be doing it. I, I feel like called to do a lot more work with dads um, because Good. 90% of my practice is post or prenatal postpartum women and babies, but more and more so, and this is kind of life sending this to me, like dads are being much more present in the room, either coming along with their wives or partners or with the baby. And, you know, they're stressed out and traumatized too, but even more so with like kind of the common stereotypes, they're not expressing and they don't know what to do with it, but it's definitely affecting the family. And so I love what you just shared there about involving like the whole family together, because I think that's really like this amazingly beautiful and sometimes traumatic experience of birth. Like it's, it's all three of them. And as you mentioned, the siblings and to be able to work with that and decompress it and process through it and find the story and the lessons and just, just acknowledge the experience then allows them to go more powerfully and more connected together. And I I just think what Uh you shared is really, really powerful. Uh Yeah, no, it's important. Um, yeah. And then, um, you know, so there's all kinds of patterns, birth patterns. And, and we have a, have a saying that I got, was very fortunate to work with a midwife. Um, and we did a lot of work preparing families together. And afterwards, you know, she would catch the baby. I would catch the family if there was difficulty. So we had a way of saying, you know, we need you to understand that these things might happen so we can prepare you. We had gentle ways of preparing but so I think that's a bigger question too is how do you prepare a family for what might or might not happen um so 
uh, when when women would come to me, we began to realize that a lot of them were saying, well, why didn't anybody tell me mm-hmm. that this would happen? And so I found that there were three major patterns in women and families that I saw. And one of them was this, why didn't anyone tell me? Um, it was just a feeling of being betrayed. Um, and then there was a pattern of confusion. It's like when two things are happening at once, um, it felt right, but also wrong. And it can be that confusion uh, is something that I've worked with women on. Um, and then the final pattern I'm, I see a lot is just feeling missed. Like a lot of women felt like that the midwife didn't know, how could she not know how much discomfort or suffering I, I was in? Or a lot of women postpartum will just feel dropped, you know, like mm-hmm. they still suffer a lot in their bodies. And where are the doctors now? And that's sort of where I come in, probably you too, Jay. But a lot of people don't have that uh, awareness to seek out someone with my skills or can't afford it. Right. So it would be sweet if I was covered by insurance. I would really love that. And and to be actually employed in an, in a, in an OBGYN setting where I could really serve a lot of families. I mean, that would be a dream of mine to to really serve that way because I think, you know, I've been a body worker a long time and eventually you you begin to wonder, okay, well, how could I have helped this, this person if, if they, if I'd gotten to them sooner? And of course you begin to go back and back and back. And I mean, birth is a lifelong event. That's Mm. what I learned. And you, and it's in your body. And if I could get a family right after the baby has been born or even beforehand, and it's it can set up a template for health lifelong, um, even more health than than we already have. So right, and those three patterns are just so important. And I I know like the arc of our wellness center here, the the prenatal wellness center, the Cap Wellness Center. We when we started out, we were amazing with prenatal care. I mean, we really like with the birth classes and the breastfeeding classes and, you know, acupuncture, chiropractic, massage and yoga. Like we really prepared these women awesomely for a healthy pregnancy and then hopefully an awesome birth. But what we learned soon afterwards is just as you said, of the feeling miss, the third pattern, like we really dropped the ball in supporting them afterwards. And because uh-huh. I was the only practitioner in our center here doing any um, pediatrics or really some or, yeah, mainly it was the pediatric element that um, people were bringing their babies to me that I saw like, wow, I was taken really good, well care of. And then, you know, like, where is everybody now? And what do I do? And, oh, my gosh, this is so hard going back to why didn't anybody tell me, you know? Right. And so twofold, we have a lot more postpartum support, which is fantastic. Um, as I said, I'm wanting to do more support for the parent or for the dads because I think that's a really, really missing. But the betrayal, why didn't anyone tell me, is a toughie because a lot of times we want – we know all the different scenarios, but we don't want to scare them. We don't want to come from a fear point. And at the same time, we want to have them be informed so that when they're in the midst of it, they're not saying, why didn't anybody tell me? They can say, okay, at least somebody told me that this was could be happening. But I, I can say as a practitioner, I find that a hard one about you know, prepping too much. And um, I know that's a struggle I have. Yeah, well, it's possible to worry a lot, and I, I would, yeah, caution against that. And I think that 
um, really being inspiring women that they can do it and that um, and that their bodies can do it and and they they may just need a little assistance it's like um there's a lot of patterns also within our OBGYN world that that are hard for women I think they don't support they can really make a woman worry even more than when I had babies um uh and it, there are ways through that though I mean I I can tell another story if you want Jay. I just don't know how much time you have <laughs> yeah please one more story would be great um, so I had a woman come like we had scheduled a time, but she got to my office early and I wasn't there. And so I, when I arrived, she was sitting on my front stairs just in tears. Obviously, she'd been crying. And I said, come on in, let's talk. And she was 41 weeks and I think three days. I think they were saying, oh, we're going to induce you, which I think that that scares women a lot because they, especially if they want a natural birth, they want the baby to come and they want to have you know, no intervention. And many women know that if they get induction, that there's usually a cascade of interventions that might happen. And, and so she was feeling really overwhelmed and sad. And, um, and so I was there with her and I said, like, okay, well, let's do a massage. She came for a massage. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to put some protection around you. So I want you to imagine right now that there's a lot of protection around you. And what what kind of image would you use? And, you know, she didn't say anything. So I said, you know what? I'm going to put a moat of, of water around you filled with piranhas. So if anyone comes close to you to induce you, uh, they'll get, they'll be a feeding frenzy. <laughs> and, and she laughed so loud out loud, out loud like that. And then she had a contraction. Mm. And so I'm like, okay, wow, look at that. She goes, oh, well, this is just one contraction. So I said, look, come on, you can do it. Let's, let's, let's follow through with some imagery here. And I said to the baby in utero, I said, baby, you can do it. You can be born today. And then there was another contraction. All right. So I started timing them. And I said, look, you're in labor. Let's do the happy dance, happy dance. And, <laughs> you know, and sure enough, the whole time, you know, I was telling her about the positive aspects of birth and telling the baby talking to the mom's tummy right Just, yeah but i would ask the mom's permission i would say you know it's okay if i talk to your baby i always ask permission and so the end of the massage came and she stood up and she goes oh it's been 10 minutes they were 10 minutes apart there's no contraction I'm like, oh so she goes walking down the stairs all of a sudden another contraction and we were off and she emailed me later and said uh, that was like at about 5.30 or 6. She left my office and she had the baby at 12.15 that night. Mm-hmm, yeah, and yeah, naturally, no intervention. And so, I mean, this is a success. This is a happy story. And if you can really provide that kind of atmosphere for a mother to feel protection and to, and also the humor, I think the laugh is what brought that yeah. contraction in combined with the feeling of protection and just the happy levity then the possibility that that you can do it you can have this baby and 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 you know and really try and find those positive avenues for your your imagery and your way your body feels and to have a layer of support right there saying you can do it 
And that's why it's great to have that those doulas or those nurses. Sometimes those nurses can know just what to do and and then to really believe you can do it. Yeah. So it's it's a wonderful thing supporting birth the way I do. Jay, I feel really blessed to have the work that I do and and it's really a spiritual work um to help uh people come into form and be born and and have that optimal health lifelong. Right. Well, where can people learn more about like the work you're doing and um, learn more about like yourself and your center? Well, I have two entities here in Charlottesville, Virginia, where I live, uh, way on the other side from you, <laughs> uh, United States. Um, it's uh, I run the Center for Prenatal Perinatal Programs. It's an educational arm of my work here locally, uh, and that's on a website. It's PPN Center, so P for Paul or pregnancy, and and Nancy. So PPNCenter.com. And then my private bodywork practice is in my neighborhood, which is named Belvedere, and my practice is called Belvedere Integrated Healing Arts. And you can go to belvedereartsarts.com and find out more about me personally. And then you can also just go to birthpsychology.com and you can learn more about APA there in our educational programs, the ones like that you were taking, Jay. Yeah, great. And I'll make sure all those links are in the show notes for your listeners. So um, you can just click right over to it, whether you're listening to it um, in your podcast app, it'll be there. Or if you're on the website, you can click over and get this just information I think is something that really inspired me years ago. That's why I started the program and started moving into the work that I'm doing now. But then also like for you as a parent to be able to receive it and just know that there is that level of support coming through an intense and possibly traumatic birth, I think is just so important for the whole family and for you and, and for the baby. And on that note, like in closing, like what, What's the major take-home point that you'd like uh, a listener to take away from what we talked about today? Oh, major take-home point. One point. Only one, Kate, Um, only one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, well, that there's, there's help out here. I mean, there are a lot of people that, that are trained and that if you find yourself having had a difficult birth and feeling alone to please reach out, um, and help ha- find some good support because that's one of the definitions of, of trauma is uh, is going through something overwhelming without enough support mm. so really finding those people who will listen and help and uh, not do too much for you intervening you know with their opinions or their judgments but really support uh, and listen the way I've described and and just prepare, help you prepare. So it's that support is key. So that's my point, my one point, if I was to say, <laughs> find, find good support if you're feeling overwhelmed. Good. And what about for the little baby that might be listening either in utero, they haven't been born yet, um, what words of wisdom would you have for them? Or maybe they are here and listening while um, mama or dad is listening. What kind of words of wisdom do you have for them? Um, well, f- for the for the baby who's outside and inside, the inside-outside babies, mm-hmm. I would say, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome 
to planet Earth. You made it. And, um, and, and just to know that there are those of us out here who really get it. Mm. My, my friend John Chitty, who teaches a lot about babies, says that he, the most important thing you can do for a baby is recognition, just to know that they have experiences and they want to tell you about them. Mm. That's so beautiful. Well, Kate, thank you so much for taking the time today to share this with our listeners. Um, I'm, I've always loved the work that you're doing. I learned so much from you, but I'm glad that you got to come onto the podcast and share it um, for the mamas and dadas who are bringing these babies in. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us today. For more information about this episode and other natural childbirth and parenting topics, please visit us at capwellnesscenter.com or message us on our Facebook page with any questions you might have. We here at the Cap Wellness Center look forward to helping you and your family be as happy and healthy as you can be.